Welcome back to your province, your premier. I'm Wayne Nelson, your host and moderator. I'll be speaking with Premier Danielle Smith every Saturday morning at this time, except over the holidays. About a few issues of the day, this is your opportunity to chat with the Premier directly, ask your questions, voice your concerns, whatever's on your mind. Just remember, please keep it short and respectful. Premier Danielle Smith wants to hear from you. You can call or text in Calgary, 403-974-8255 and Edmonton, 780-496-0063. Premier Smith, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Wayne. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you. It's the final show of the year as we're going to adjourn for the Christmas break. We'll be chatting again January 7th. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. I hope you have some good Christmas plans ahead of you. Relaxing, I think, is what (laughs) a lot of people are probably going to be doing or, or traveling elsewhere. Now, speaking of adjournments, the legislature has now adjourned until February. It was a whirlwind session, just three weeks, and there are three issues I want to deal with before we get to the phones and text. And by the way, we already have a, a waiting list on the phones and text. The short session of the legislature, new poll results, auto insurance. Those are my three uh, off the top. So let's talk about the Alberta sovereignty within the United Canada Act. It dominated debate and criticism. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you give... A very quick performance review of yourself and your party in this past session because Albertans are going to be doing just that as evidenced by a new poll out this week, which we can discuss next. So first, the performance review. Where do you feel you did well? Where have you identified room for improvement? Well, I think we identified some really important issues that we had to address. The Sovereignty Within a United Canada Act was really about putting up a shield against Ottawa. We've got some... We've got some pretty offensive policies that have been floated by Environment Minister Stephen Gibault. He wants to see a 42% um, uh, emissions cap on our oil and gas industry. He floated the idea of a 30% fertilizer cap. They're coming through with uh, federal legislation that would confiscate the firearms of that have been legally purchased by our farmers and hunters and sport shooters. Uh, we also um, ha- are, are, are quite concerned uh, about uh, some of the biodiversity targets that they've set at the federal level. So these are the kind of things that we wanted to let Ottawa know. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, these issues are within provincial jurisdiction. Collaborative federalism means that we work together on trying to find areas of joint agreement. You can't just bulldoze in here and dictate to us in our areas. And so that was part of, uh, of putting up that shield. And I think it's already begun to work. We're already beginning to have constructive conversations on those issues. So I know people wanted us to stand up to Ottawa. They might not be totally persuaded that the way I'm doing it is the right way to do it. But that's the reason. We have to make sure that Ottawa stays in its own lane. A couple of other things, though, the Inflation Relief Act, I was so pleased that that passed. And I think it got uh, both, both parties support on that. Because we know that people are are really hurting as we see the inflation crisis and going into the winter season, gasoline and diesel bills and power prices and home heating, cost of food, we wanted to make sure that our seniors and our most vulnerable as well as those families with children have that little extra support, $100 a month, seeing them all the way through winter so that we can address that. We also uh, finally passed a, a bill uh, against squatters' rights. We've been trying to to preserve private property rights on this front for years. I think Ken Allred is the very first M- MLA, and he was in the legislature when it passed to try to uh, address that issue. And so we that was our, sort of our first step in being able to protect property rights. We uh, signed a uh, finished the the last piece of of legislation that we needed to to finalize our doctors agreement. I think that Minister Jason Copping has done a tremendous job of reestablishing a better relationship with our doctors. And uh, one final thing was the Police Act that we brought through. We've had a number of instances that we've heard of 
of excessive use of force, people feeling like they needed to have more civilian oversight over their policing bodies. And so we put in a, a, a framework right. so that we're able to establish more of those commissions. So it was actually a pretty successful session. Now, where have you identified room for improvement? Because you can't be perfect, right? There's got to be some, yeah, we didn't quite hit the target there. Well, I think whenever you have to, to amend legislation, it means that you, you didn't get it perfect the first time out of the gate. And so we had to put a, forward a couple of amendments to the Sovereignty Act to address some some issues that that emerged during the debate and during the, the, the briefings. But you know what? This is I, I don't look at having to do amendments as some massive failure of the process. I think it's part of the process. It's the reason why you bring legislation forward, you read it, you amend it. And then you pass it. That that's the reason why we have three meeting, uh, three readings, and an amending process to legislation. So, right. sure, it would have been better if uh, it had been perfect and didn't need to be amended. But I think it, that also shows that we have a process in our caucus. It's very robust, so that we can identify problems and we can fix them. The new poll out this week by Abacus Data shows if an election were held right now, the NDP would likely win. Although twenty five percent of those surveyed said they were still undecided. Now that's a pretty hefty number. So you've missed the boat some somewhere in addressing what Albertans want to hear right now. Has the uh, Alberta Sovereignty within within the United Canada Act, boy, I wish you to come up with something more shorter or a nice acronym or something, but has it overshadowed your other work? Would you agree that in light of this poll and the earlier one from Leger, that you and your party still have some serious work to do? We, we sure do have some serious work to do. But I, I think one of the things I would point out is that our low watermark was 31% and the, the NDs were at 52%. That, that was, that was a, a huge reason for, for why we had to have a leadership contest and, and, and refocus on the issues that matter to Albertans. We were, we were losing our own base of support. So the, the fact that over this last number of months, we've actually come up to about even with the NDP, I think people forget we've been pulling behind them for two and a half years. So I think that slow Slowly but surely, people are seeing that we're serious about addressing the issues that cause some of our, our past supporters to be feel alienated, and we're addressing the issues that matter today. They're willing to give us a chance. The fact that 25% are still say that they're undecided, sure, that means we absolutely do have more work to do, but we're keeping an open mind, and we just have to de- deliver on some of the things that we've been talking about, okay. and I think we'll end up seeing those numbers go up. All right, my last question before we hit the phone lines. Uh, Albertans seem to be really more concerned about inflation and health. This week, Ernst & Young confirmed what a lot of Albertans suspected, that we're really getting hosed on auto insurance rates. And on this show last week, I believe you mentioned that there's going to be an announcement in the new year to deal with that. But why not right now? Why reject a proposed bill to freeze rates? The the issue that I think we have is that rates have gone up year after year after year, all the way even back to when the NDP um, were in government. So 2015 to 2019, we, we saw a 20% increase in rates. In the last three years, we've seen another 12%. So they're continuing to go up. And now we're at a point where, where we're at the highest rates or near highest rates in the country. So freezing is not going to cut it, I don't think, for, for most Albertans. They want to they understand how we can get rates reduced. So we made sure to uh, call in the Insurance Bureau of Canada to let them know that, that we, to go back to their members so that we can begin consulting on how we're going to address this problem. There's, there's no question. You look at the, at the Ernst & Young report. 
And it doesn't seem to matter what age you are, what kind of car you drive across the board. Alberta rates are an outlier. That's a problem. So we, we've got to find out how we can fix that. So we're going to work with the industry to make to to, to address some of those concerns in a, in a long-term way so that people can see their rates go down. All right. Let's get right to the phones. And we're going to go with uh, Dave uh, calling in from uh, Alberta Beach on a workers' comp question. Go ahead, Dave. You're on with Premier Smith. Yes. Hello, Danielle. Hey, Dave. Yes, yeah, hey, um, say, Danielle, I called in a couple of weeks ago about uh, WCB, and another gentleman also did. And we were just wondering maybe if uh, there was something getting done. You said you were going to talk to Mr. Brian Jean about this. Look, workers' comp, I remember even back in my day in in uh, in opposition, are some of the, the hardest issues that come into the offices. There's always an, an issue of whether or not somebody is being given appropriate benefits or whether or not the modified work is going to work or whether they're getting their claims at all. And so these are the kind of things that have to be dealt with one-on-one. So I'd encourage you to call your constituency assistant in your office. That, that where you're represented, and then we'll uh, we'll see if we can if any of these issues of, um, al- co- result in us needing to do any kind of policy or systemic change. Some of these issues just really need to be worked w- through on a case by case basis. So I'd, I'd encourage you to try that. All right, uh, Gerald is calling in from Fort Mac on a daylight savings question, and I know what he's going to be asking. But Gerald, hang on, we're going to get to you right after the break. I'm Wayne Nelson. I'll be back with Premier Danielle Smith and more of your calls and texts when we return on Your Province, Your Premier. If you're just joining us today, you are indeed listening to Your Province, Your Premier, heard every Saturday morning for listeners throughout Mm -hmm. Alberta. In Edmonton on 630 Chad, right here in Calgary on 770-CHQR, your opportunity to be heard by the Premier to chat one-on-one with Premier Danielle Smith. All right, Gerald, I said we were going to get back to you right after the break, and I'm as good as my word, Gerald calling in from Fort Mac on a daylight saving question. Go ahead, Gerald. Yes, good morning, Premier Smith. Hey, Gerald. Uh, I'm wondering, do we finally have a Premier that's going to drop DST? Daylight, stupid time. (laughs) (laughs) Gerald, I feel very much the same way that you do about the time change. But you know what? Albertans voted on this. We we had a referendum on it, and it ended up failing. So people didn't want to see the, t- the time change. Maybe the question was asked the wrong way. I, I wondered if we should have asked the question, do you want to end the time change? And if we got a yes to that one, then it's do you want standard time year-round or do you want daylight time year-round? I think maybe, I don't know if it's worth it to do another run at that, Gerald, but you know, the people have spoken, and they, it looked to me like they wanted to keep it as it is. All right, I'd agree with you on the question on on, on the way it was phrased because I looked at it and I was confused. But anyways, that's another matter. All right, still back to the phones. Harry uh, calling in from Edmonton. Uh, go ahead, Harry. You're on with Premier Danielle Smith. Uh, good morning, uh, Premier. I have a, a friend of mine uh, wants to be dealt with and, and uh, so I'm sort of his spokesperson. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the matrimonial system here in Alberta needs to be overhauled because it seems like, uh, you know, the spouses get equally division of matrimonial properties. And sometimes it's not right if one person was the breadwinner and puts everything into it 
and basically is still paying after the end when uh, everything is kind of uh, said and done. So who looks after that and how can you uh, go ahead and uh, look into it where, yeah, like I said, it needs to be overhauled. Harry, thanks for that. You, you know, you're, you're, the callers today are identifying two of, two of the biggest areas that always come into constituency offices. So we talked about workers' comp, but um, when family breakdown occurs and there's a division of assets and there's kids involved, those are also some of the thorniest issues as well. I know that there's been proposals by uh, the legal community to have some kind of specialized family courts so that we can have a more mediated approach on dealing with some of these issues. I, we, we haven't, I haven't um, seen any legislation come forward on that, but it does fall to our, our justice minister. So if you, if you want to raise the issue to the, uh, the justice minister, Tyler Shandro, and see if there is some additional thoughts that you can give on how those, those issues might be addressed. I, I, I think that um, there's always people who have hard feelings coming out of those settlements. And again, they're all all very, very personal issues. If we can identify some policy changes that can make it easier for everyone as they're going through the process, then I think we ought to do that. And um, so I, you know, I have some sympathy for what your friend is going through, Harry. Text message uh, coming in. This is from Mavis in Calgary. My son's insulin pump is eight years old. Minister Copping said the insulin pump therapy program will add access to the next generation of insulin pumps as soon as possible this year. Mavis's question is, when will this help for diabetics be in place? You know, I, I did hear the question, the answer that uh, Minister Copping gave. And so um, it was just, I think, on Thursday or, or Wednesday. So I'll, I'll have to follow up with him on the on the time frame on that. But there 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 is a, a, a clear need since in, diabetes is increasing as a, a uh, a problem throughout society, not only type one, but also type two. And so I'll, I'll have to uh, defer to, to Minister Copping as he works out the time frame on that. He, he did mention that it was coming. And so we'll, um, I'll, I'll have to circle back maybe in the new year, ask me again, and we'll see if he has a better time frame for it. All right. One more text question. Could you please help out our young people who have student loans and remove the interest costs for a period of time? Many are struggling with the high interest rates that have never experienced this situation in their lives. They need to pay the principal, as this is showing responsibility to all taxpayers. These young Albertans are the future. They're the ones spending their money and supporting small business. There, there certainly needs to be something done to assist those who are going to, uh, who've either gone through post-secondary and are facing higher tuition costs, but also who have recently graduated, because I think the repayment uh, kicks in within six months of getting out of school. And so I, I've asked my utilities and, and affordability minister, Matt Jones, to take a particular look at that, to see if there's some way that we can provide some additional support and relief for our post-secondary students. Our affordability measures that we brought through, through the Inflation Relief Act, we just needed to put a framework in place to make sure that we could address some of the big issues that will impact all Albertans. And now we have to identify some of these other areas where we're able to address some of the cost pressures. And that one keeps on coming up over and over again. So just know that he's working on it and I've asked him to come back to me with a proposal. All right. Uh, caller from Calgary, Thomas on uh, Provincial Police. Go ahead. You're on with Thank you. Premier Danielle Smith. Uh, good morning, Premier. I tried already twice before when Jason Kenny had the show, but uh, this is my lucky day. Uh, first of all, I would like to um, to encourage you to stay the course. 
you represent Albertans, you don't need to bow to anybody, and we are going to re-elect you by massive majority in the spring. Now, the issue I want to address is the police. We need provincial police that will be built up from the ground up. It could serve as an example to the rest of Canada. And uh, police force needs to build new relationship with the public. Uh, we need to re-examine the policy shoot to kill. There should be a policy shoot to disable first. I don't know if it does exist. No. But the main issue I want to address that currently, if you own a vehicle, you lend it to someone, that person goes for dinner, has two drinks, gets caught by RCMP, you lose your vehicle for 30 or more days, and you are forced to pay $2,000 to retrieve it, and during the process, you can be humiliated by the owner of the holding lot. So I don't know what's your opinion on that. Um, oh, let me talk and deal with the two issues. So on the on the one that you just ended with there, I, I know that trying to find the balance between going after the, the severe drunk drivers who are causing mayhem on the roads, creating huge danger and killing people, having making sure that we've got good policies in place to prevent uh, impaired driving is really important. And the, there's always this question of whether uh, we're, we've got the right target. So the example that you raised, I think, is one that I, I hear a lot. I, I, we, we don't have a review of this legislation coming up, but if others have these kinds of concerns, let your MLAs know so that if there are some adjustments that we need to, to look at or some things that are not working um, in a way that's fair, we, we, we do have to address that because we, we really do need to make sure that we send a very strong message about impaired driving, especially as we get into this holiday season. And I think that that's part of the issue that um, why uh, why it hasn't been addressed before is that I, we don't want to send a, mis a mixed message that the people really shouldn't be getting behind the wheel to drink after they've after they've had a drink. I, I recognize your case means that you're not actually punishing the person who owns the vehicle. You're punishing the person who is the driver. So that seems to be one that could be a fairly easy fix. So um, so let me let me. Let me see if I can take that back to the justice minister and see if there's some revision needed there. The other issue on provincial police is what I would say is this. You may have seen that and part of my desire and wanting to see a provincial police was the frustration that I have in watching the mental health addiction and homeless problem play out on the streets of Calgary and Edmonton and feeling powerless to do something about it because most of the supports that we need for those individuals are provincial and yet the policing is municipal. So I think we came up with a solution that is a bit of a hybrid. My public safety minister, Mike Ellis, who's a former Calgary police officer, uh, he and, and three of his colleagues has, have just led an effort to establish task forces in both Calgary and Edmonton that include our four ministers, that include the chief of police in each city, the fire chief, the uh, head of EMS, indigenous partners, as well as members of council. And that's so the that one that's focused really on addiction and homeless, right? hundred yeah. percent. And that's part of what I was hoping that we could do when I was thinking of a provincial police is that we needed some point of access into the system that wasn't the, you know, shoot to kill type of approach that your last caller just described, but could actually deal with people who have mental health and addiction crisis, which is a very, very different type of policing. So give us a chance to see if this type of approach will work. 
And it may well be that there's an appetite that grows from that for us to take a, a stronger role in establishing an Alberta Provincial Police based on those kinds of principles, because that's that's the direction that I want to head in as well. And that task force hasn't wasted any time. I believe they just met for the first time yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. We had uh, we announced the one in Calgary on Friday, and then we announced the one earlier in Edmonton this week. And um, when you, uh, Dale McPhee in Calgary said that this is the first time that the senior leadership have come together and uh, to address the problem in a real and meaningful way. I should mention what you'll see more in Calgary and Edmonton is that we're, because we're taking a, a recovery-oriented system of care, the notion behind that would be to apprehend somebody who's a danger to themselves or others and then have them in a treatment uh, facility so that we can get them clean of drugs, get them the support that they need, um, if they need convalescence for a longer period of time than they can be, and then at the end have them have connecting services so that people can get out, get their first job, and get supported in the community. That's the continuum of care that we're looking at implementing, and Calgary and Edmonton are, are going to be the first cases. All right. Lorna calling in from Edmonton on mismanagement of tax. Go ahead, Lorna. You're on with Premier Danielle Smith. Thank you for taking my call, Premier. Um, Shay Gannon blocks my call, so I don't have an, a chance to express my concerns as easily. Okay, my finger's um, on the hot uh, button, Lorna. It's okay, <laughs> but I, I just want to tell, say to Premier Smith, I don't even expect you to answer, um, have a reply to my comment, but this is a frustration when I see the city of Edmonton. Um, they have neighborhood renewal last summer where people have paid their taxes, and then they upgrade their sidewalks and, and streets, and at the end of that, they get another bill for $3,000 for doing that. And now with this last budget, I hear that the city of Edmonton has allocated $100 million for bike lanes. And this is going to be when they have to increase taxes by the end of a four-year period by 20%. My husband figured it out. And if you pay $4,000 in property taxes right now, by in four years' time, you will pay $4,827. And, and $4, this is unbelievable that they can allocate $100 million for bike lanes in a winter city. So how this reverts back to the province is that if I hear the city of Edmonton squeak even once that they need additional provincial funding because they can't meet their expenses, I will be livid as a, I'm livid as a local taxpayer, but also as a provincial taxpayer. Right. This is the epitome of stupidity that a, a government could implement something this expensive at this time of such extraordinary cost problems for the average people. All right, Lorna, thank I'm going to have listening. to cut you out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for calling. All I will say is that our priority in dealing with the cities is the $170 million that I, that we put aside to deal with the pr initiative that I talked about before, dealing with mental health and addiction and homelessness. And it sounds, uh, Wayne, like you might need to have a Ask ask the mayor anything on uh, on Saturdays as well, with maybe in Calgary and Edmonton, so that uh, Mayor So he might be able to answer that directly. I don't want to answer on his behalf. <laughs> <laughs> got to got to watch the jurisdictional uh, uh, oversight. 
Well, we do want to respect municipal jurisdiction. I, I, I do know that he's getting a few calls into his office because they're coming into our office as well about that decision. But we, we want to stay focused on the things that we know are, are really going to help the most vulnerable. And that's part of the reason why we have a bit of a different approach. All right. Uh, text message. Uh, what do you know about why Athabasca University is being pressured to have all their professors live in the community as a very successful online university? This seems like a very destructive direction to take. Are they trying to shut down this successful and accessible university? That is, I think the problem is that that's not what's happening. I know that's being communicated, but it wouldn't make any sense to, if you want to be a preeminent distance learning university, and they are, they have more registry, registered students than any of our other universities. I think they they, they teach 40,000 students a year. So it's not that the professors want to, uh, are being asked to, to be located on site. It's a portion of the administrative staff and the executive team that the minister is asking to be on site. I mean, I think we all know that you kind of need to have a head office in any enterprise that you have and having head office staff working together, being in the same room so that they can solve problems. That um, that's a pretty efficient way to be managing a business. So I, I don't even think that they're asking for the entire amount of the administration to be there, but they are asking for a portion. And I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. All right. One more text message. Brian from Bragg Creek. Premier Smith, can you report on any progress with the EMS ambulance situation? Oh, I sure, I sure hope we're we're going to be able to give some good news very soon because I've I've asked uh, Dr. John Cowell to focus on EMS as one of the the main areas that we want to see improvements. So just to remind people, there 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 are three and now and now four areas that we've got to do some work on. One is we can't be having a lineup of 20 or 20 ambulances at uh, uh, waiting for drop off at our major hospitals. Number two, once you get into an emergency room, you can't be waiting for 29 hours, which was the case when I, when I first got elected. And number three, we've got 69,000 people on our surgical backlog. Some of them are waiting four years in the case of knee and hip replacements. Those are three things we have to deal with. And in the new year, we want to make sure that everybody has a family doctor. So we're going to start the conversation with the docs about how we can get that to happen. But we've, we've got some new leadership that's going to be coming in to uh, to EMS with some re- retirements that are occurring in January. And that will allow us to get really rolling on a, a new approach to make sure that we can drop patients off efficiently so that we can <clears throat> empower our paramedics to treat on site. These are very highly trained professionals. There are some um, ailments that they're able to treat on site rather than do a transfer. If people need to have routine transfers from one municipality to come into a doctor's appointment. We're going to develop a new system to be able to do that. That's a non-ambulance transfer so that we're not taking our our acute care ambulances out of care. So all of this is going to begin to roll out in in the new year. And and, and we'll see. I've been told that we're beginning to already see some encouraging signs that 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 weights are coming down. But we're just just making sure that we do our last bit of due diligence on those numbers. And I, I gather we're going to be releasing some of that information next week. All right. A couple of callers that we have yet to get to. Justin is calling in from Edmonton. He's been uh, holding forever. Uh, so, Justin, you're on with Premier Danielle Smith. Go ahead. Uh, good morning, Premier Smith. Go ahead, Justin. Hi, Justin. You have a perfect record. I think you've dialed in every time I've been on the air. That's not true, actually. I missed last week because I was busy watching the World Cup, except, the, except I've been on hold enough for long enough that the match has a long ended this time around. So anyway, my question is, uh, congratulations to Mrs. Uh, Tracy Allard for being appointed the Parliamentary Secretary for Civil Liberties. So in addition to defending the vaccine choice, I'd want to know if she's also going to make sure that we can firewall ourselves from the online censorship bill, BC, uh, bill C-11 and the firearms confiscation scheme by Bill C-21. 
You're, you're very right. That you know, as, as we went through the fall session, it, it seemed to us that there were a number of different areas that we needed to address: property and civil rights. Well, as we were talking about adverse possession, one of the other recommendations that came out of the, that committee is: can we do more to protect private property rights? We uh, we also know one of my, um, my my advanced education minister is concerned about campus free speech, and if there needs to be legislation to to make sure that uh, we preserve the rights of individuals to speak freely on campuses. We've got uh, the Police Act as well that brought through the the very serious concern that we have about excessive use of force. And so are there is there a need for us to do more work around that? Uh, we've got Bill C-21, which Justin mentioned, which is the federal government wanting to confiscate the firearms of that have been legally purchased by our firearms owners. Um, our, our justice minister has said, nope, we're not, that's not our policing priority. And so we have to see, we have to make sure that there aren't any rights that are violated there. And then there's also Bill C-18. I've been talking with some of the members of the of the of the media, and in particular the uh, the the, the uh, alternative media, who are very concerned about some of the internet law, um, um, so, so some of the laws that are coming down at the federal level that they think might run them out of business because they're interfering with their ability to to uh, to, to freely put their their messages out there. So there's a whole range of things that came up in this fall session, and it seemed to me having a, a parliamentary secretary focused on property and civil rights would allow for her to give us some advice on how we might be able to address these in, in legislation. And as we go forward, if there's bills that we're passing, just having somebody with a lens of saying, is this making sure that we're protecting all of the rights that are protected in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? I think that that's going to be important. So I'm looking forward to working with Tracy Allard on that. All right. Uh, we have a phone call from Edmonton. Uh, Chris has uh, an ACE question, and I have about two or three of them on the text line as well. So we'll try. And we, I know we've, we've addressed this on the show before. We also addressed him with uh, our former Premier Jason Kenney. Uh, but let's he- hear what Chris has to say. Go ahead, Chris. You're on with Premier Danielle Smith. Yes. Uh, good morning, uh, Premier. Uh, this, is n- this is not ACE and not an ACE question. It's an ACE question. The, uh, ACE uh, is the Alberta Cancer Exercise uh, Program. Ah, all right. Okay. And uh, so the point I wanted to make is that if I had a heart or a lung or a kidney disease and treatment, um, I would get an exercise therapy as part of my clinical care. But people with cancer uh, do not are not offered exercise therapy as part of their routine clinical care. Now, there's this program, the ACE program has since 2017 has had over 2,500 people with cancer across Alberta taking part in this ACE research study. And the study was designed to develop and test the benefit of uh, exercise uh, programs to help people better withstand and recover from cancer treatment. And despite the success of the study, there's no funding for new positions or programs. So my question is, would you please consider funding the ACE ACE program for cancer survivors who would really benefit from exercise therapy as part of their routine clinical care. Wow, what an amazing idea. Thank you for that. Um, can you just send a bit of a background to that to premier at gov.ab.ca? That goes to uh, my, my my principal correspondence and policy uh, person in my in my premier's office, so that I can I can raise I can have the background, so that I can raise that with Dr. John Cowell and see if there's some way it can be funded. I don't know if that would be funded out, out of Alberta Health Services or out of Alberta Health, but it is completely in sync with what I'm hoping to do with our um, w- w- with having put the issue of health spending accounts on the table. 
is that we don't spend enough money on prevention. We don't spend enough money on some of those alternative ways that we can use diet, nutrition, and exercise uh, so that we can uh, complement some of the treatments that we have so that people have the best chance of recovery. So I'm so pleased to hear that that is uh, working for for assisting with the recovery of cancer patients. So I'm very encouraged by it. Let me, uh, if I can find a little a little bit more about it, I'll see what we can do to look into it. So I, I'd have to find out which minister is the one to take the lead on it because it could also be out of advanced education as well. You just send me a little bit more background. We'll see if we can look into it. And I'm glad we had the clarification on ACE versus H. Now let's get to H because there's some text messages. Uh, quick one. Uh, text, this is uh, from Jerry in uh, Edmonton. Is it possible to have the H and income support payments back to a couple of business days prior to the first because every month he says i have to pay late fees oh dear you know what um let me uh i didn't realize that that was an issue uh so let me see if i'm sure i'm sure our minister knows that minister uh jeremy nixon i don't know what the what the difficulty would be in attempting to to make that adjustment but it's a it's a very good point. We'll um, we'll see what we can do. I'm I'm very pleased that we're going to be increasing each payments in alignment with um, inflation. They're going up six percent in the new year, but it, that it doesn't help you if it eats away at, at it because you end up with late fees. So let, let me just double check with um, with Minister Nixon and see if there's anything that we can do to address that issue. All right, Terry calling in from Cramond. Uh, old age security question. Uh, let me push the right button. Terry, go ahead. You're on with Premier Danielle Smith. Good morning, Madam Premier. Hello. It's been a long time to say that. <laughs> Me I'm too. Very proud of it. <laughs> I really don't have any other issues. Just I want to hold, give you a whole bunch of praise. I know I uh, rattled Rob Breckenridge's brain here the other day when I said maybe we got the makes of a national iron lady, and holy moly, everything went south on that. He didn't think that was right. But anyways. Madam Premier, I think you're doing the right thing, and I'm 100% behind you in the gun control and uh, policing and everything else. I think whatever you decide, the majority of Albertans will come to their senses, which has been a long time coming, and turn back to the common sense attitude. Thank you very much, Madam Premier. Well, thanks for that feedback. And just to be clear, I have zero interest in running at the federal level because I, I love this province and I want to be able to do what I can to defend our interests here. So so thanks for the thanks for the vote of confidence. I appreciate it. Okay, text message uh, from Calgary. Oil and gas companies are making record profits but still are negligent in paying rural taxes. What will the Premier do to rectify this ongoing issue? It is a top of mind issue for me, and I put it into the mandate letter from my Minister of Municipal Affairs, Rebecca Schultz. In fact, I I do I, I know that she's already had a couple of meetings to see if we can resolve it, talking with uh, the in- industry, but also with the head of the Rural Municipalities Association. The last time I saw the numbers quantified, I think we were looking at 250 million in unpaid taxes to the municipalities and probably an equivalent amount of unpaid leases to, to landowners. I don't know if that has improved in the in the last year, so we, we've got to see if, if it's moving in the right direction. But especially now when we are seeing the, the prices have gone up, the profits for companies have gone up, now's the time for us to be able to get those, those, uh, those payments done and into compliance. And then we've got to make sure that we develop a system so that it doesn't happen again. It got pretty bad over that period of time. So uh, my Minister of Municipal Affairs is working on it. 
and and we'll we'll hope to if we need some legis- legislative change we'll have a chance to do that in the new year all right related question from the uh, qr77 text line under section 36 of the surface rights act i applied for recovery of compensation for unpaid oil lease payments i used a lawyer to ensure i had the paperwork done properly that was done three years ago and i have not yet received any compensation or consultation i was wondering why this program takes this long to get answers or results and that is uh from keith uh on the uh, qr 77 line Yeesh, that sounds like a long period of time. That sounds like something that our new civil liberties and, and property advocate, Tracy Allard, can take a look into because that is a property rights issue that we we have the Surface Rights Act when you've got the landowner and the subsurface owner who are who are in, in conflict. And we have to make sure that the that there's a, an amount that that does get paid by compensation so that the surface landowner is made whole. I'll, um, I, I didn't realize that the process was that cumbersome. It shouldn't be especially if you've already got a judgment. So um, I'll, I'll put it on my note uh, for for uh, Tracy Allard to take a look at and see if she can make some recommendations about how to improve the process there. All right, we're going to pause for a break. I'm Wayne Nelson with Premier Danielle Smith. We'll be back to wrap things up in our final segment on Your Province, Your Premier. Wayne Nelson back with you on Your Province, Your Premier, your opportunity to speak with Premier Danielle Smith one-on-one. If you have a specific question you'd like the Premier to answer, the numbers to phone or text are... in Calgary, 780-496-0063 in Edmonton. Uh, Right off the bat, uh, Premier Smith, I wanted to hit a text line. The the text lines have just been going nuts today with all kinds of uh, questions, but I wanted to address this one. Uh, This is from Wendy texting in from Spruce Grove. She said, uh, hopefully, uh, Danielle can do something about the UCP membership. She paid for membership in March via mail and check for her husband and myself, never got ballots to vote, phoned the UCP, talked to Shaw twice, I presume the uh, cable, last time said our check was cashed, was told someone would check into it and get back to me. No one got back to date, kept calling several times, put on hold, call ended after message to go to email as would be answered quicker. After three emails, no answer to date. Two of my friends' memberships paid online. Both had trouble with getting ballots on time. One purchased a second membership, then got two ballots. The other went to the town office and they had no record of her membership, went to another office and then had it and was able to vote. What is going on? Ay, ay, ay. That's a good question. So <laughs> yeah, we do, I do one. know that I, that we approved a substantial amount to do some data cleanup because I, we have heard, uh, sadly, the, the case that was just raised there by Wendy. We've heard, we've heard that, that a, a few times. So yes, remember, I, I've only been in the job for, for 10 weeks and so I, I can't fix all the problems at once, but we have hired some excellent new staff members into our office and that is going to be a high priority. Obviously, we we want to make sure that you're able to get all uh, all of the benefits of membership. So uh, um, if you can, I'm trying to figure out the best way. I'll, you know what, Wayne, if you can, um, maybe off air, I'll give you a, an, an, an email that you, you can text her back. I, I've got to find out who I need to, to direct that to so we can chase it down. Okay, sounds good. All right. Uh, related question. Uh, Brian calling from Calgary on election integrity. Go ahead, Brian. Good morning, Premier Smith. Um, yeah, big, uh, strong fan of yours and strong supporter. Um, I think you are going to win the next election. Um, I'm just really concerned. All elections seem to be getting stolen all around the world. Like, I don't think anybody believes Joe Biden got 80 million votes. Brazil, they just got their election stolen. They literally pulled somebody out of jail to run. And he won one out of the five districts and just enough to win by 1%. 
what are we going to do to make sure Dominion voting machines or something like that is not going to possibly steal the election from us Albertans? Because I think Albertans really want you, but a lot of people throughout the rest of the country and maybe throughout the world do not want you for obvious reasons for what you stand for and what you believe in. So maybe you can uh, put my mind to ease on, on that. Well, there's a couple of things. One of the things that I, I don't think we have the e- full electronic voting in Alberta. I mean, I'm some, I, I stand to be corrected. We, we have Scantron machines. Those are uh, machines that you fill out little bubble letters and then it runs through a machine so that it can be tabulated. And the nice part about those is that if there's ever a, a close race, you still have the paper ballots on hand so that you can do a manual recount. I know that happened, for instance, in High River. And so I feel really comfortable using those kinds of machines. If I'm mistaken, and people are using uh, electronic machines and don't feel entirely comfortable about it because it doesn't have that paper record, they should let me know. I just think that we want to be cautious that the problems that there, that we see in other jurisdictions aren't necessarily the problems we have here. One, one of the other issues I'd say that created some confusion in the United States is they have this weird system where they just send out mail-in ballots in some jurisdictions to every elector. Whereas in, in Alberta, if you want a mail-in ballot, you have to request it. So I think we have um, I think we have a lot more confidence in our system as a result of that. Anytime I see a close race, what I just uh, look at it and say is that w- one side just worked harder than the other. And we've had an enthusiasm deficit in our conservative movement for some time. And that's, uh, that's something that I'm trying to correct. We've got to get people understanding that uh, every vote matters. And during elections, we need people to get out. We need them to uh, be, be knocking on doors. We need them to, to be talking to their friends and neighbors. That's true, whether it's in my party or in another party. So I, I tend to maybe have a little bit more confidence in the, in the voting system than, than your caller just did. But I, I think it's because we don't have some of the same problems that we've seen in other jurisdictions. Okay. Uh, Lewis has been hanging on here for about 20 minutes. Lewis, you are finally on uh, with Premier Danielle Smith. Go ahead. Hi, it's not Lewis, it's Louise. Oh, Louise, uh, I'm sorry. That's all right. Good morning, Premier. I'm just so oh. happy to see that you are in office. I have some concerns, um, and I appreciate uh, your platforms regarding homelessness and drug addiction. I have a concern about um, site selection. It appears there is a uh, overdose prevention site going into Old Strathcona in a uh, residential area. And my concern is for the safety of those residents, especially when we have three daycares within two city blocks. Um, there, you know, uh, how does the province plan to keep the neighborhoods safe with this type of environment? Yes, I, I know that there, the part of the issue they were trying to address there is that there were four overdose prevention sites clustered in Chinatown. And it, that is just way too much of a burden for one community uh, to have to bear. And so they've been in a temporary spot. And I believe that they've just started the consultation on where to, to, to move it to. And, and they identified that spot last week and we're doing a, a public consultation on it. Look, our, our approach has been to do, to, to, to do something quite different. I, I would prefer to see us have every person who's in 
the throes of addiction have a pathway to get into a treatment center so that we can get them on the path on the pathway back to independence. And so we have a very different type of approach that we want to take as a as a province. And I'm hoping that as we start developing more of these recovery communities, we'll need fewer of the sites that you uh, that you've talked about there. I'll have to to circle back because I believe that this is a um, an issue that's being led by an independent task force. So I I don't know if there are other sites that are that are being contemplated, but I I do understand that there has been some frustration about it. But I, I think we all share frustrations that there really isn't a, a way to put those kinds of of of, uh, of facilities in a community without all of the additional um, potential harm being caused. It's, it's part of the reason we don't want to to uh, to see them expanding. We actually want to treat the problem at its root. So in the meantime, we've got to just make sure that we're not uh, causing one particular community to have to bear all of that additional burden. So um, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll be watching to see what kind of community engagement we get back. But I I do I do understand the reason for why it is that they're trying to to move it from from where okay. it was. Chris is texting in from Edmonton. He said, "Madam Premier, my neighbor Moses Ling, a board member UCP White Mod, has four 400 doctors from the Philippines ready to come to Alberta, take the tests and get certified in Alberta. Do you want to jump on this? Yes. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Casey Madu on on it. He's my deputy premier. And part of the reason I put him in that position as well as with skilled uh, uh, skilled trades and professions is so that he can work cross ministry to find out why we are having such a difficult time getting foreign credentials recognized, getting recruitment recognized. So he's told me that he's been working cross ministry. And uh, when they when they have some some proposals for how we can move forward on that, he'll be going public with that. So if you if you want to just contact that minister's office office with the suggestion that you have and we'll, and we'll see what we can do on addressing that in particular okay i think we have time for one quick phone call brian has been holding on for a long time uh calling from calgary on a police question go ahead brian hi um sorry i'm gonna throw a curveball i changed i changed my question i just want your thoughts premier on um uh many provinces in canada um cover in vitro you know for uh women that can't have kids and Alberta doesn't, and there's a lot less people having kids nowadays. I just want to know your thoughts on that and why they don't cover it. There's a lot of things that aren't covered that, um, by our Alberta health system. The, the the Canada Health Act says anything that's in a hospital and physician services are the things that do get covered. And so I, I think that there are literally hundreds of other types of procedures that that uh, are currently having to be paid out of pocket. I'm trying to create a mechanism with the health spending account so that all the things that aren't covered, people have the, the ability to have a little bit of money so they can save up for it. So that's the approach that, I, that I'm hoping to be able to take because if, if people can start saving up for some of these big, some of these types of of procedures, and do it in a tax free type of account. I think it'll help to defray some of the costs associated with that, and and that's the, the that's the kind of approach that I think we need to take because there there are so many things that are currently uncovered, and we've we've got to make sure that every person who needs uh, different types of of care has the ability to be able to receive them. So we'll have All more right. to say about that in the new year. Premier Smith, we've run out of time. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be taking a bit of a hiatus over the holidays. We'll be chatting again January. 7th so all the best during the holiday season thanks so much wayne talk to you again you've been listening to your province your premier